0: If I said what was a highlight of my coaching career, the two SEC championships, the very first one, my very first year as head coach, that was like surreal. Yeah. We had the most incredible senior class and the timing of how that kind of all went was surreal. But then in 2021, after the pandemic and the way we won and how much pressure was unbalanced beam, the last beam routine, this that moment was Unbelievable. We
1: go. From the University of Alabama's Cold College of Business, it's Bama Means Business, a podcast that reveals amazing stories most people who both inspire and make a difference in our community. I'm Cole Stevens on the show today, Dana Duckworth. This is the third episode of our three-part series with Dana, which we cover some of the lessons she learned as the head coach of the women's gymnastics team here at Alabama as well as what she plans to do after just stepping down from university. I hope you enjoy.
0: Every year you knew more of what you should know and then you could implement whether it was a standard, whether it was a tweak to maybe how we did things with the development of our progressions, whether it's strength and conditioning or the development of a routine or how you did lineups, those things just evolve. When you look
1: at your time as a head coach, there's a lot that goes into it. Like we just talked about, there's a lot of aspects you're managing. You're, I think you mentioned this before, you're practically the CEO of
0: gymnastics (laughs) program, correct? In a sense, you are. Now you're surrounded by incredible people, but you are. You're responsible for overall the program.
1: I always like to go back to leaders tend to not be the ones who want to speak or seek the spotlight, but the ones who fill it. A sense of people just look to them for advice for you know leadership over time but they're not necessarily the ones to jump right into it like hey i really want to be a leader so you're going to follow what i say not necessarily power hungry in doing so how do you think you got people to not only one respect you but to believe in you and to support you in those first couple of years especially before you had a reputation as a head coach
0: there's a quote nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care I believe I cared for people. I cared about building true, genuine relationships. And was it perfect? No. Did you have the same relationship with everybody? No. But you developed relationships where they... I I hope that they knew I cared about them as a person and I wanted to pour into them. I wanted to model the behavior that could help them see what success looks like, whether it was as a leader in the world of athletics and gymnastics or in the world of business or in the world of how you carry yourself Mm -hmm. as a woman, we have a beautiful opportunity to be empowered, have a voice, own our voice and Many times, you know, we're taught, listen and, and be com- you know, be respectful and just do what you're told. And I think over time, as you develop your own why and your own personality, and you have the gifts, because we are all born with gifts, you have to learn how to put that all together. And if you care about people, they're going to understand and be more willing to listen to what you have to say.
1: I think it's a great point. A lot of, I think a lot of people get that wrong, especially early yeah. on, is that they have to prove themselves, They have to prove, and hey, here's how much I know. I'm going to tell you, like, oh, I got this grant, this test, therefore I'm you know, this level, and this is why you should follow me. But they lack that understanding, the, the ability to listen, to hear people out, and to take advice. And well. I don't believe all leaders should be democratic and, you know, follow what everyone else is saying because obviously you're supposed to lead the way, you know, hearing people out is a, a big aspect of being uh, a leader, especially a very successful leader such as yourself. I want to touch that, that family aspect that you sort of ref- referenced right there. Not only were you a head coach at the time, you were married, you were, you were a wife, but you also had a, a daughter and son at that time. Obviously, yeah. they're, they're a little bit older when you became head coach. How did you manage them growing up and them not feeling like they were under your shadow the entire time having their own lives and not being,
0: Oh, you're Dan
1: Duckworth's, you know, daughter, you're Dan Duckworth's son. Well, I
0: love being Cameron's mom and Jace's mom. And Joe's wife, as much as I have enjoyed and embraced being the head coach of my alma mater. And I love it when I, you know, someone will be like, oh, what do you do? And it's like, oh, yes, I just (laughs) get to be Dana. And, you know, there's a there's a privilege in being uh, in the spotlight and having an opportunity to be the face of a program. And you never take that for granted. But the reason I wake up every day and work really, really hard and do what I need to do is for my personal scoreboard. Right. And that is my family. Right. And so that's the big thing I would say is that I wanted my faith and my family and my relationships and my personal health to be the most focused part of my life, because if all that's in order, then the public scoreboard can take place. And I've always looked at, you know, one of the reasons I stepped down from being the head coach of Alabama gymnastics was I have a senior and a junior in high school. And I was a coach for 14 years of their life. I have been home for six birthdays for my daughter and maybe five or six for my son because of the way the elite schedule worked. And I was at meets recruiting. Don't don't get me wrong. They knew I was present and they knew that I was there. And my husband being in commercial real estate had flexibility. And we were able to manage that family piece, make sure people were present. Now, my mom and dad were still up in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, my father passed away from COVID on January 7th, 2001. Season started January 8th. Six months later, Mm -hmm. my mom moved from Michigan to Alabama. So in this time of Cameron and Jace's life, when they're in high school, their grandma's here. And then my in-laws, Lynn and Joe Brown, are phenomenal and they've been here in Tuscaloosa the whole time, okay. so I did have a support network that was present and here when the in, in in the formative years of the children. I, so I'm not sure that answers your question. No I think it does. Um, but like, here's the other piece: is I would go and do the concessions for Cameron's volleyball when I could do it. Mm-hmm. I would be present at anything I could possibly be present at for my my children and for anything that my husband needed. But they were also part of our life and ingrained and one time a reporter asked my son so what's the best part about being the son of a head coach he goes getting to go to the national championship (laughs) I mean why not it's a, a very good perk right there yeah He's like getting to do things that normal kids don't get to do. Right. I you
1: mean, know? Yeah. Let's, have, let's just say inside access to a program that some other people might not have
0: access that's to. That's right. That's right. And now I do TikToks with my daughter because she's like, mom, mom, come on. Sit. <laughs> so, you know, it's going to be an exciting next two years. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, because when you are the head coach, you are on the road all the time. You are busy. You're gone. And that's just part of it. And I thought... To be able to be the head coach of my alma mater for eight years, win two SEC championships, should have been three in my opinion, but we won't go over that one, to be in the top literally seven for eight of your, you know, uh, of those years. So I was a head coach for eight years, seven of those years, we were top seven. When
1: you're looking at gymnastics as a whole, it's been a very integral part of your life. And obviously- From what I've seen, and there's a little bit of time between undergrad and coming back to being a volunteer coach, you really haven't haven't had a time off from gymnastics. Do you see yourself taking a a full step back or still staying involved
0: in some way? Or what are you thinking about doing? So... You know, even when I was doing Corporate America, I was still choreographing on the side. I was the volunteer coach here. I even at one point was the volunteer coach for Alabama and UNC at the same time. Okay. And a fun fact, Ashley Miles and Courtney Bumpers tied for floor at the national championship that year. And they both were national champions. And I choreographed both floor teams the same year.
1: You're playing both sides.
0: It was so fun. But my point is, is that it's always been a part of my life. My mom is a judge and we talk gymnastics. I love gymnastics. It developed me into who I am today. I tell people all the time, you know, being the head coach or being a gymnast is not who you are. It's what you do, but it definitely forms you into who you become. And it's incredible of what that does. So I also love commentating, and I love being able to life coach. And I feel as if I will I'm going to be launching a CoachDX3.com kind of format, which is Dana DeBransky Duckworth. That's so I'm going to be able to continue to do those things on the side, okay. be able to uh, do some public speaking motivating mentoring. So that's going to be something I'm going to be able to do in the world of gymnastics and maybe some commentating and such if that kind of is in my, in the cards, but I'm going back to corporate America. I am going to be the VP of business development for a company in town called Aflink. And it's an incredible company in supply chain management, business solutions. It's got, you talk about using your MBA. I mean, it's got a little bit of everything from it, healthcare, Supply chain, procurement, I am so excited. And it's a half a mile from my house. Boom. Yep. Right there. Yes. So I kind of look at it as, okay, I was in corporate America and I went into the arena. And now it's from the arena back to business, right? So it's going to be a great journey. And I think that, you know, Oh, no, it was, it was from the arena to the boardroom. Mm. Do you like that? I like that. That's you It's like got a good,
1: that? good ring to it, personally. Yeah,
0: so dx3.com. I feel like a superhero.
1: Exactly. I think your journey is very unique. I, I think, very. Mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, in a good way. In a good way, by the way. Very few athletes participate in college athletics. Just all of them. Very few of them are on winning teams. Even fewer of them make it to SEC championships and the number to make it to national championships is insanely slim, let alone to win and then win again. You've beaten a lot of odds in your life, Dana. How, when you look back, what do you think stands out to you the most about your life?
0: Oh, that's just, I would go back to, Life is a full-time interview. Everything matters. And if you care about people and you pour into them, then you're making a difference. Giving back, giving outside of yourself is where your growth happens and so if i said what was a highlight of my coaching career the two sec championships the very first one my very first year as head coach that was like surreal right. we had the most incredible senior class and the timing of how that kind of all went was surreal but then in 2021 after the pandemic and the way we won and how much pressure was on balance beam the last beam routine this that moment was unbelievable. And especially having lost my dad on January 7th and starting season, January 8th and turning around and having that kind of season. And I will say to you that I have to leave you with this. My daddy taught me a couple things. And one that stands out is honey, fight the good fight. Secondly, rule number one, life is not fair. Rule number two, can't do anything about rule number one except how you respond to it. And the third is that the right one hurts, work the left. God gave you two. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, those lessons from my father and having a mother that is optimistic and our mindset was, you'll find a way, you got this. No pity parties in the Dobransky household. We're going to, that, whew, if I can carry on that legacy which I've tried to do in every chapter of my life, then that is going to be what stands out the most.
1: I think was a lot of great points right there that you made. And I think going into the future, obviously, you're sort of st- taking a step back from the University of Alabama, for lack of a better term. But at the same time, you live in T-Town. I mean, you're in Tuscaloosa. It's not like you're not going to go to any games or going to yeah. any competitions. I'm be recruiting
0: great people for our company too, exactly. so we got to come back to Bama and find those great talents like you and other people. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm sure you'll be able to find plenty of talent here at the, the university, not only in business school but all across campus. I wanted to end with two points. The first being, we sort of talked about this before: motivation. When you have a a freshman walk on campus for the first time, what is your goal for their five, four, five, six years while here advice-wise? Do you tell them, hey, you have to focus on this to be successful? Do you have to, hey, watch out, make sure you have balance and rest? What would you always talk about with people coming on campus for the first time?
0: Well, I would absolutely say that you're going to get out what you put into it. I think that's really a real thing is that nothing's gonna be handed to you. You have to work for things. And so, You know, the acclimation of going from what you know in your high school years and coming to Alabama is a, or whatever school you go to, it's a transition. You are going to be overwhelmed. I can guarantee you, you're going to be overwhelmed. So what tools have you developed to help you overcome knowing this is coming? How am I going to respond to it? Mm -hmm. And I am a big believer that, you know, work ethic, attention to detail and focus is a huge piece of discipline. And so I think there's a personal discipline you have to have to be successful in life, in in sports, and in business. So I think there's that personal discipline that's really important that is developed when you first get here, okay? Then I think there's that mental side that you know, you're going to be challenged. You know, you're going to have emotions. You're going to have all these things. So be okay with the tough stuff. Thank the tough stuff. The resilience is built in the hard times. Your greatest growth comes from adversity and be coachable. Seek advice, give advice, listen more, talk less. And then of course, the attitude piece is huge. And I think those things are you know, crucial to your success. Now, talk about being a team, on a team. You want to build unity. I am so set on this. You are responsible for yourself. No one is really responsible for you except you. Your parents got you here, right? Your upbringing, your people that, that your coaches, they got you here. At a certain time in your life, they were responsible for you. Now they're responsible to you. You are responsible for yourself, how you han- handle every aspect of your life, your academics, how much time you study, your sleep and rest and recovery, how much time you put into that, your, resp- how you, your nutrition, you working out and taking care of yourself, your responsibility. If you're on a team and you handle your part, then you can hold others accountable. So accountability is a huge piece to being able to be a part of a unit, And then cohesion. And I don't know if cohesion can really be created unless you're responsible for you and I can be held accountable and you can be held accountable. And then you add some passion, you add some love, and you sprinkle that into it, and anything is possible. So that is how I believe unity is built. Personal responsibility, accountability to others, cohesion, and then passion. And that is what I will take to the boardroom. And I'm excited to be able to do that with, you know, with just a different, because when you're the coach, you're 18 to 22 year olds. Right. Now you're in the world of professional adults. And do you get to be a part of that in another way? Exactly. Every chapter prepares you for the next.
1: And on that note of chapters, I think you're sort of closing the chapter on obviously gymnastics, like we talked about before. For now, on, for right now. now for I, now. I now. want to be present for keep my it, children's keep it last open, couple of years. Yes. Obviously. You've had a lot of time at the University of Alabama. So, this, this question is asked amongst all of our people that we have on the podcast. But I'll ask it of you, and you can have multiple answers to this one. But what is one or a couple of memories that the University of Alabama has granted you that you can remember for the rest of your life?
0: One of the greatest memories was in my freshman year, my teammate, Dee Foster, was the first black gymnast in the history of our program. And there was this big black curtain up in Coleman Coliseum to make it look smaller so that the crowd would be, know, look like it was bigger. And by our sophomore year, that curtain came down and that arena lower bowl was completely filled with enthusiastic, passionate fans And to know that all of the women before me allowed us that opportunity and to be a part of some of the greatest years of growth during the growth of college athletics, women in athletics, Title IX and all of that. And then to have won the national championship in 1991 in that arena, that is a symbol and a representation of where legends are made. Honestly, that is what I think will stand out more than anything, is that I came in at a historic time, was a part of that historic growth, and that imprint will be made forever.
1: I think that's an amazing memory. And I think that's, you've seen a lot of growth in the University of Alabama and obviously continue towards the future, but Dana, I think obviously you're going to come back on this podcast. It's inevitable. (laughs) I can see it going on already. I got a couple of questions lined up for it, but I just want to thank you again for sitting down with us this time. I've had a great time talking with you before the podcast. And obviously we'd like to talk more about gymnastics because I'm an amateur. I know nothing, nothing about it, but hopefully you can tell me a little bit more.
0: Well, it's a beautiful sport. It is artistry in motion, and it's some of the best athleticism in the world. So thank you for having me on. I love the University of Alabama. I'm so proud to have two degrees from here, and I will do anything to help you. That's Dana Duckworth, former
1: gymnastics head coach from the University of Alabama. And thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you're not a subscriber, please do subscribe to your podcast wherever you get yours. And of course, check out our website at culverhouse.ua.edu to learn more about the Culverhouse College business and what it has to offer. And as always, Roll Tide.